Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. The Crisis Next Door, a weekly report on the biggest conflicts around the world with host Jason Brooks. Thank you for listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. The Horn of Africa has been beset with tragedies for years, but now the entire region is in a state of instability as Ethiopia's federal government slugs it out with the Tigray region. The fighting has been swift and intense, and it threatens a fragile region. Joining the crisis next door to give us insight into why the fighting exploded so suddenly is Dr. Afayeri Elmi, a professor of international affairs in Qatar University, and he joins us from Doha. Dr. Elmi, thank you for joining us on the crisis next door. Thank you very much, Jason. Dr. Elmi, what prompted this fighting in Ethiopia? Why did the federal government go after the Tigray region? Uh, well, there are two ways to explain this. Of course, there are always... Uh, I mean, root causes for, for Ethiopia's uh, competing nationalities or uh, ethno-nationalism uh, is the background because, I could say, in terms of the conflict. And even though this time it's the Tigray, uh, there were others before, whether it's Oromo or Amharas or Somalis. Uh, Ethiopia has always been uh, up in terms of uh, competition between these big ethnicities, uh, some for dominance, others for, I mean, autonomy or self-determination. So in terms of the background causes, one can say uh, it is the ethno-nationalism. Uh, the other, uh, in terms of what prompted right away or the triggers, uh, there are few things. Number one, actually, uh, since Abiy Ahmed became uh, the prime minister of the country, uh, the old guard of Tigray uh, uh, elite obviously did not find him, I mean, uh, comfort they, they, they were a bit apprehensive about the policies and approaches and initiatives that he adopted when he came to power in terms of accommodating uh, the whatever enemies, the, the, whatever those they considered enemies or uh, in terms of dealing with Eritrea and this and that. So for that reason, the Tigray uh, or the TPLF decided to ignore or sometimes to frustrate uh, the central government. For instance, at the time when Abia has made an agreement with Eritrea on Badme, the, the, the border issues, uh, obviously the TPLF did not like it and they have actually... Uh, ignored the orders from the central uh, government. So that was one of the main triggers. Another trigger at the time was uh, the elections. Uh, Abiy Ahmed, or the prime minister, 
said because of the COVID-19, we wanted to delay the election. And all of a sudden, uh, TBLF said, no, we will just go ahead. This is not a threat at all. Uh, another uh, actually important trigger was the money. Actually, the, in terms of, uh, I mean, government, it somehow uh, assumed or perhaps knew about the, uh, the, 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 the currency of Ethiopia uh, was a source of a problem because the old elite or the old guard took a chunk of cash. So what Abia did is just he, he switched it. He changed the, 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 the currency to a new one. And he said, everybody who has the old currency has to bring it back and take a new one. And they have to explain if you have certain amount where you get it. So more or less the anti-corruption uh, aspect of it. I guess the final uh, trigger was the attack that the TBLF uh, made on the, uh, on, on the defense force, Ethiopia National Defense Force. Uh, in, in the region. And that was the last one that Abia called it the red line. So uh, to sum up, there is a background cause and there is also about four or five triggers that prompted the current conflict. The fighting has been fierce and it's been over a large region. Uh, how heavily armed is the TPLF and how well armed is the federal government of Ethiopia to take on the TPLF? Well, I mean, TPLF was really uh, well armed. Uh, it has been ruling the country for 27 years in one way or another. And they have uh, stashed lots of weapons and lots of money. And in fact, uh, and, uh, during their uh, rule, they have uh, built infrastructure. And, and uh, so Tigray region was fav the favorite region for those 27 years. Uh, so, from terms of, I mean, weapons, they are very well armed. They have, I mean, uh, guerrilla experience. They have also, uh, I mean, war experience, even during the era that they were ruling the country. Uh, they were dominating the, the Ethiopian National Defensive Force in terms of the leadership. So, uh, they, were, they are really well armed. On the other hand, Ethiopia as a whole is a military state and has always been a military state. So both sides are well armed. The other actually comparative advantage here for the TPLF is that it is using the ethnic card in a very difficult uh, terrain in terms of, I mean, mountainous region and, and, and a very difficult to beat, a place they know quite well. So I, I, I think... Uh, if anything, this conflict might be a protracted one. It's very hard to get exact details on the current state of affairs with the fighting taking place in the Tigray region. Any idea who has the advantage right now? Does either side have an advantage at all? Obviously, the war is going on, but I mean, I don't know exactly. I haven't seen any independently verified news account in terms of who is uh, now, who has the upper hand and who lost. We've seen reports of other countries taking part of, of the uh, fighting as well. Is there any way to verify that other countries have joined in the fighting or that the fighting has spilled over into Eritrea or any other regions? Well, uh, TPLF has uh, bombarded uh, some, uh, I mean, parts of Eritrea and openly said, and it accused uh, the uh, Eritrea of being part of this war. Uh, 
Eritrea denied it. I mean, we have no independent way to verify it. But it is obvious that at least the SIS and SIS of Warge and uh, Abiy Ahmed has been in very good terms. Uh, that doesn't mean uh, SIS just went on to fight with Tigray. Uh, so far, uh, there was international condemnation, including the United States, uh, in terms of internationalizing the conflict. But again, uh, that's just a claim and a counterclaim. What do we know about alleged atrocities that have taken place in the fighting as well? Is there any way to verify the impact, the civilian toll so far? One thing that's for sure is that there were thousands of uh, civilians that fled to Sudan. Uh, other than that, I mean, uh, as long as nobody can access the conflict site that's independent of the two parties, I think uh, yeah, I mean, we are basically uh, hearing this information from either side. So uh, there is no way, independent way, that we can confirm it. You're listening to The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks, and we're talking about the fighting in Ethiopia with Dr. Afiari Elmi, a professor of international affairs in Qatar University, joining us from Doha. How big of an issue is this for Sudan? It's had its own issues, uh, whether economically or fighting taking place, where now it has to deal with thousands of refugees coming over from Ethiopia. Uh, how big of a challenge is this for Sudan? And uh, is this something that could destabilize that country? Well, Sudan has had issues with Ethiopia, territorial issues, and also some uh, political issues as well. So definitely uh, the refugee side is a big challenge, but politically it might exploit actually with the help maybe even through Egyptians and others. So I, I, I think, uh, actually I'm afraid that this conflict might become uh, much bigger than it started. You know, the Congo of East Africa of some sort, where so many countries get involved. Egypt maybe might be interested to exploit uh, the the Sudan as well, uh, Eritrea as well. And then, of course, the other side, uh, we we have Somalia and, and, and and Djibouti and Kenya. So uh, this might have actually uh, a serious uh, impact in terms of security on the whole region, on the whole Horn region, and even across the Red Sea in the Gulf. Is this a situation where the African Union can come together with a peacekeeping force and, and, and try to stop the fighting? Or is that something that is just not even possible at this time to even really consider? Well, at this time, particularly the, at the early stage of the conflict, where, uh, I mean, nobody believes uh, it lost, then I don't think any mediation or any, I mean, uh, peacekeeping force uh, can, I mean, even try to come there. So it's, I mean, we, when, whenever the, the, the conflict reaches, uh, what they call mutually hurting stalemate, which is, I mean, uh, 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 what I mean, Zartiman and others, they call ripe for resolution. Then that is the time when, you know, outsiders can intervene or peacekeeping forces can send, or I mean, uh, 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 even some sort of a mediation uh, can happen. But at this stage, 
the government of Ethiopia is basically saying that we are going to uh, carry out rule of law uh, operation, and others are more or less complaining and saying that we are defending our territory and our dignity, and I mean, we don't want it to lose to uh, an emerging quote-unquote dictator. So more or less, this is this is the two narratives that they are feeding. I I don't think anything of substance will happen until for some time either. Uh, and, and we have to always remember that conflicts do end only uh, either through uh, military victory or through uh, a negotiated settlement. Military victory might be, uh, maybe it, it can happen, but uh, almost any analyst that I know expects a protracted conflict. In terms of negotiated settlement, it will take time. How big of a factor is the ethnicity component in this fighting? There are reports that Ethiopian federal police announced arrest warrants for 76 army officers, uh, some of them accused for conspiring with the TPLF and committing treason. The federal government of Ethiopia has denied that there is an ethnicity component. What do you feel about that? There are different nationalities that are involved here. So one can say that almost all of them, if not all, uh, of those people that uh, they wanted to arrest are from the TPLF. And TPLF is nothing else but the arm and so the military and the political wing of the Tigray uh, 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 people, if you will. This is not a new organization. It has been uh, uh, existing for some time. It's an organization that ruled Ethiopia for quite a while. So it's a uh, well, I mean, it, it, it's actually a functioning institution of a sort. Uh, so if you say that, okay, you're targeting this group, it also means uh, one is targeting that, I mean, the leadership of, the, of that nationality or that ethnic group of Tigray. How big of a tragedy is this for Ethiopia to find itself in the midst of this conflict? Well, Ethiopia, even uh, during the time when the growth was double digit, uh, still, it was one of the poorest countries in the world. And but by the way, the entire Horn region is a very fragile region when it comes to uh, to the poverty, when it comes to the, uh, I mean, overall uh, conflict-prone nature of, of that region. So I think even, uh, even good days, we're talking about, I mean, uh, uh, displacement, which was about 3 million. Uh, we're talking about, I mean, uh, uh, on the Somalia side, of course, uh, I mean, recurring famine and this and that. So when you look at this, uh, I think this conflict will have uh, some sort of, I uh, would say, humanitarian uh, catastrophe impact. Dr. Elmi, do you think there is population support in Ethiopia, as well as the Tigray region, for the fighting? Well, generally, Ethiopia is a polarized uh, country uh, in general. You, support comes with these nationalities and the groups and, and, and all of these things. So the, the, the Ethiopian state, per se, uh, has always been weak when it comes to the citizenship at that level. In the beginning, it was an empire. 
uh, that more or less uh, was pursuing uh, expansion uh, at the expense of, let's say, Oromo and Somalis and the lowland groups. And now uh, when they said we want to build an Ethiopian state, that Ethiopian state uh, has always been struggling in terms of citizenship. That's why TPLF came up with this ethnic federalism, because they have, they have had no other way of ruling it. And now Abiy Ahmed says, this is not going to work, so we have to replace it with some other sort of centralized administration. So I think this debate is still going on, and I, I don't anticipate this will end anytime soon. In terms of, I mean, uh, uh, I mean, group support, each group goes to its own members uh, uh, rather than just, you know, across support. Well, Dr. Elmi, we certainly wish the best for the people of Ethiopia and for a swift resolution to this fighting that has certainly brought a lot of tragedy upon the people of Ethiopia. Thank you very much for joining us here on The Crisis Next Door. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We've been joined by Dr. Afiari Elmi, a professor of international affairs in Qatar University, joining us from Doha. Thank you for joining The Crisis Next Door. I'm Jason Brooks. Till next time. The Crisis Next Door with host Jason Brooks is produced weekly. If you have any thoughts for Jason, email him at tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Again, that's tcndpodcast at kcbsradio.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 